0: Today is the last installment of our three-part series on the ethics of flirting, meeting great women, and dating. We are going to look at a few more common problem areas that you are likely to encounter as you progress through your journey through the wonderful, fun, and rewarding world of flirting, dating, and relationships. And you are going to get useful and realistic advice on how to handle each type of issue that might arise. I'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsor, me.
1: Hey guys, Ashley here. Are you having trouble meeting the right girl? Are you struggling due to lack of confidence, not knowing what to say, or not having a plan? Are you tired of being told to act confident around women without being told how? If so, I'd like to introduce you to the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting book from David Sharp. If you are afraid to approach women in public, this book is for you. If you aren't having success meeting women on dating websites or apps, this book is for you. If you're having trouble connecting with women on dates, this book is for you. The Gentleman's Guide to Flirting has loads of modern, field-tested, and ready-to-use examples to help you confidently approach women and meet great women either in person or online. It also has practical, real-world advice to help you truly get the most out of the dating process. And it has thoughtful, practical advice for cultivating and sustaining your relationships for the long term. It's got it all, and you're going to love it. The book's website is Gentleman's Guide to Flirting.com. That's Gentleman's Guide to Flirting.com. You can go to Gentleman's Guide to Flirting.com and click the Buy Now button, or just search for Gentleman's Guide to Flirting by David Sharp on Amazon.com or anywhere else you buy your favorite books or ebooks, and start changing your life now.
0: Hello there. Welcome to episode 43 of the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting podcast. I am david the author of the book of the same name gentleman's guide to flirting available on amazon.com and everywhere else you find your favorite books or ebooks worldwide today we are going to look at several more topics on the ethics of flirting and dating and our last of a three-part series on the subject once again as a reminder for the purposes of our discussion We settled on the definition of the term ethics as a branch of philosophy that involves systematizing, defending, and recommending concepts of right and wrong behavior. In simple terms, we're talking simply about right and wrong behavior here. Alright, you've got it, so let's get into it. Let's talk about some other things for when you are further along in the dating and relationship process. Number one, you have nothing or not enough in common. When I was Googling around to make sure I touched on every subject that should be part of this ethics series to make sure that I'm giving you as much complete and accurate information as possible, this one came up at the top of a few lists of common problems that may arise in the dating process, and rightfully so. Uh, much, much has been said on the subject of not having things in common or not enough, but here is my take this happens. This happens. So not having enough in common with someone happens all the time and there is nothing wrong with that. In fact, finding out what you have in common with her is largely why the two of you are dating and communicating in the first place and learning about each other. Let's dig in a little bit. There's the concept of chemistry and there's compatibility. Chemistry and compatibility. Chemistry is when you feel like there might might be a connection or potential match with her early in the process. You, you know, you've heard maybe heard of the phrase, you know, feeling chemistry with this person or not. When you when you are using the methods in parts two and three of the book to do the initial approaches and while you're meeting new women, whether whether that's online or in person, you are looking for signs of basic chemistry before you propose a date, or considering spending a lot of time talking to her. Now as for compatibility, the way I define it is that, that is knowing for sure that you're compatible, knowing for sure that she is a match, or at least having significant evidence and observations that she is a match for much of what you are looking for. Now that is a key concept in the book. How do you find out for sure? Now, from her point of view, you have to be right and have goals and be on a good trajectory and be a good person and be continuously improving. From your point of view, She needs to be compatible for you. Now, how do you know if she is? That's a million-dollar question. What we introduce in the book is the concept of compatibility assessment criteria. Compatibility assessment criteria. Compatibility assessment criteria basically means you have thoughtfully thought through and recorded, and I mean literally wrote down, what qualities you feel she must have for you to be happy. What qualities she must have for you to be happy and then as you progress through the dating process you sort of measure her and observe her for lack of better terms comparing what you see and hear to that list of criteria that you have in mind now you don't tell her point blank you are doing that but she is smart and she'll figure it out at the same time don't browbeat or don't interrogate her. Just ask her questions here and there to find out what you really want to know. From her side, she will correctly see that as you being interested in her in an honest way, a safe way, in a good way. But go slowly, please. For example, what you're looking for are things like um, if you're a match about wanting marriage, about how you guys perceive money, treat money, spend money, about wanting children or not about religious preferences and choice of religious faith, about whether you prefer an active lifestyle or a more sedentary lifestyle, all kinds of things about her personality, and basically a long list of other things. Now, note that I didn't say anything about her face or her body or her beauty or her appearance here. That's something we go over in the book, why why I don't do that. I'll leave that for um, you to cover in the book and see why I say that. So, you can go to uh, the, the website, the book's website, Gentleman's Guide to Flirting.com. Guide to Flirting.com and click on the assessment creator menu item at the top of the page without buying the book to see what I'm, look, what I'm talking about. I put the long list of compatibility assessment criteria, thoughts and ideas and suggestions in both a text file and a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet to make it easier to create those assessments for yourself. I did that so that people who buy the book don't have to transcribe that portion of the of part one from their copies onto their own paper or onto electronic form, whichever they prefer. They can just simply print it off from the website. But you too can get those files as well. There's no passwords or special links or anything you got to know. You just go to the Gentleman's Guide to Floating.com website, click on the assessment creator link and voila, there's the two links there for you to, to avail yourself of. Anyway, if you clearly see that she doesn't meet enough of your compatibility assessment criteria and that's your final decision, then you should exit and move on. Exit and move on. Exit. What do I mean and how do you do that in a manner aligned with our principles and rules? If you need to exit because you aren't seeing that compatibility we were talking about, there are better and worse ways to do that, going back to our theme of ethics and the right and wrong of things. Now, do you just ghost or disappear? I think that depends. Basically after, I don't know, two or three dates, I, I feel communication is mandatory. But after two or three or four dates, I think if you if you need to kind of break it, break it off with her, I think you need to communicate with her in some kind of way, maybe not necessarily in person, but at least a phone call, text message, something like that. Some kind of, some kind of nice human touch to, uh, to, to let her know that you're not interested anymore. And I say that because just disappearing can be hurtful. Um, and that is against our 10 rules. Uh, you know, one of our 10 rules says you're not allowed to do anything that will make the lady feel worse off from having interacted with you. And I'm sure that if you haven't already encountered this yourself before, you will later where a lady just kind of just ghosts you. She just disappears on you. And you, you know how that makes you feel, but you can't control what anybody else does. But you are certainly in charge of how you conduct yourself but what if it's an online only interaction that you haven't met in person you haven't done you know like a, a video date you haven't done, met you haven't met in person for a date it's only been a you know a few messages back and forth on an online website or or, or a dating app i don't think you really i think you can just going to stop communicating there i don't think that um, there's any thing that requires you to go and say, no, I'm not interested anymore. It's probably better in some cases, frankly, to just to stop communicating. And I think that's very common on dating websites and dating apps. Uh, Let's look at another way. What if, what if this is a, an in-person, more human introduction from a mutual friend, like a friend that, someone's a that's a friend for both of you, of both of you, has introduced you guys. Even if you, for even if you've just gone on one date and it doesn't work out, you need to go and tell her that you're not interested in person very nicely, very tactfully and diplomatically, because you don't want to damage the relationship with a mutual friend and you don't want to leave a trail of damage and destruction and hurt feelings with it, with the young lady. This reminds me of a story. Basically what happened is there's a young man and a young woman who worked in the same company and they were dating. So after a short period of time, after a few dates, she just wasn't feeling a connection, which is totally fine. So she declined further dates at some point, she told him. Now, what had happened right before she did that is the dude had sent her some flowers to her work, which is a sweet and lovely gesture. But what, where this story goes, um, takes a, a, a terrible left turn off into the swamp, off into the weeds there, is that after she told him she was something wasn't interested anymore that should have been fine he should let it should just let it go what he did was he waited until she wasn't at her desk and he went and he stole the flowers back he stole the flowers back Uh, So, I don't know what you think about that, but I don't recommend this kind of behavior. That was very early in the process, and he revealed himself as just an asshole, and this kind of confirmed the the accuracy of her decision. She shouldn't have continued dating someone who would do that, because that was pretty much a piece of shit move. He didn't make some big show of it. He just went over to her desk and stole the flowers, but come on, man. That's hilarious and wrong anyway his reputation was in the trash can after that story made the rounds among the young dating age women in that company now i heard about it because i was close friends with one of the beautiful 20 year old stunners in that stag that group uh that dating group in, in the uh company and she would tell me stories because she knew i found them to be hilarious and i was interested in the general topic number two either you or she, or both of you, have wondering eyes, or are a little too flirty. What is the right and wrong of this one? What is the, what are the ethics of this one? It is okay to look. It is okay to look. It is okay for you to look. It is okay for her to look. I'll keep this one short and give you something to think about if you're a jealous type of guy. Let me ask you: Do you want to be with someone who isn't attractive to other people? Do you want to be with someone who isn't attractive to other people? Other guys are going to notice she is attractive. You need to get used to the idea that other men will want to talk to your lady. They will want to flirt with her. This is just going to happen. You approaching unavailable ladies is against one of our 10 rules from the book. That's for you, but not everyone has a code and firm principles like we do. So my suggestion to you is get used to it. You can't control this. Instead of getting angry or jealous or acting out, instead, conduct yourself in a way that no woman in her right mind would ever want to lose you. Do you hear me? Don't worry about where she is looking or what she is doing when you are apart. You concern yourself with what you are doing, and I mean stacking wins and continuous improvement. And working towards your goals and increasing your prosperity if she wants to go let her go let her go you deserve a sane and reasonable woman who understands what a great catch you are and who would never do anything to ruin her chances with you number three long distance relationships or cases where one person heads off to something like college or takes a new job somewhere else and the other party is left behind what is the right and wrong of this one well this one depends on the person in my opinion some couples do better and get along better with built-in time apart even for extended periods of time some want to be together as much as possible it just depends there is nothing wrong with either way now some people change their opinion on the subject of the benefits of how much time you spend together or apart after spending some extended amount of time together. Let's say for, for example, you've been together for years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. In some cases one or, a, one or both parties might start cherishing their time spent apart. What do they say? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. However, in many cases, people who are apart grow apart, especially when the relationship is fairly new in my experience. Personally, I'm not a fan of long distance relationships but to each their own, Uh, I would say if, for example, going back to our concept of compatibility assessment criteria, if being able to spend a lot of time together with her is very important to you, but she is going to be off for potentially years uh, someplace else at school or taking advantage of a job opportunity or dealing with some kind of family matter for an extended period of time. you got to really keep your eye on the ball here and trust your judgment. To, you know, if, if you decide that. And a moment of clarity that being able to spend a lot of time together with your lady is important to you. And, and it was important enough that you put it in your compatibility assessment criteria. Don't just dismiss that. If you need someone close to you so you can have someone to go on date with, dates with and to talk to. And, and so that you're not coming home to an empty house or apartment every day after you get home from work. Uh, Don't ignore that. Don't just let that go. If a long distance relationship isn't going to work for you, you can communicate that. And if you you need to move past that or address that in some sort of way. Number four, you two are arguing. Now, what is the right and wrong of this one? Arguing, fussing and yelling isn't the right respectful way to talk to you. Now here I'm assuming she's instigating the fuss and trouble with you, not the other way around. But it could go. It could start either way, right? What are you two arguing about? What is she arguing about? Like in this case, if if she if there are legitimate issues or concerns she's bringing up, listen to her, hear her out, talk things through, and find a way forward. Otherwise, if not, if she is just testing you, and arguing just for the sake of arguing, arguing, or bringing up or bringing unneeded negativity into your life too often. Gently make sure she knows that's not okay. That's unhelpful. It's not constructive. And if need be, gently let her let her know that she can be replaced. Ultimately, you need to be okay with her or any other lady walking out of your life. You don't need constant negativity and trouble and fussiness and arguing. What you need is, you know, the life the world's a tough place. You need positive energy around you. You need people to be supportive. And if someone is just too negative to do that for you, you really need, need to think about their place in your life. Uh, for example, there's arguing about money, restaurant checks, rent, utilities, expenses. That's a very common, those are very common subjects that come up and are points of contention with many couples. I bring up financial concerns because The way I see things, and I'm sure for those of you who have the book, you see how firm I am about a man taking a lead role in a relationship, a lead role in your family, a lead role in your life. Basically, if there isn't enough money, you need to do something about that. You. You need to do something about that. You need to lead. You need to provide. Now, I know some people physically aren't aren't able to work or or having some difficulties, but if you're an able-bodied, fully capable guy, I know this isn't politically correct to say this, but I say you need to step it up. If there isn't enough money, you need to do something about that. Now, maybe you don't need to shoulder that burden alone. A lot of ladies, they're perfectly willing and happy to go and contribute to work and contribute money to the common cause. But you definitely need to put your work in. Anyway, back to the more general subject of arguing. Listen to her. Don't just shut her down. Don't dwell on the negativity. Focus on the future. Listen to what she's saying to find out if there are any wins to stack there. Or are there any positives to it? or any any opportunities to genuinely improve that are aligned with your goals and what you want to achieve in the relationship and with your life and with your business and everything else? Try to ignore anyone or anything that doesn't help drive towards achieving all of that. Try to drive as much negativity or at least discourage its presence In your life as much as possible keep that positive energy around keep that positive trajectory towards your goals and stacking wins for your future foremost in your mind back to the arguing piece of it in general uh, practical advice let her hit the ceiling and then let her kind of just gently waft back down to the floor too because you again you need to listen to her and find out if she actually has any point in what she's saying and then find the wins on whatever that situation is if there are any That is how I think about most situations anyway, whether it's, you know, arguments, which is what we're talking about here, or any kind of situation arises in life for for better or worse projects that come up at work, situations that come up when you're owning a business with your customers or clients, anything. I'm looking to stack wins every day. That's what my mind is constantly thinking about. I'm trying to figure out ways to go and make improvements and stack those wins. Empty, pointless, baseless arguments in my relationships or with family members but we're talking about with uh with women right now may not provide that those opportunities for the wins and i tend to shut those down nicely and gently i don't shut them down hard i don't shut them down with hard words but i do so firmly and quickly but i'm a classic guy i guess and nearly completely what many call left-brained like i believe i'm a person that's driven by logic and reason and practicality and pragmatism I believe in logic and reason and progress, but I also believe in mutual respect, not just one way respect where you got to respect everybody else and everybody else gets to shit on you. No, mutual respect and also putting people closest to me ahead of myself. Our way is achievable and better and healthier, I maintain. I firmly believe that. All right, that's all I have for this week. Let's get to work. Let's go.